You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. How are we doing, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 15 of the Aftermath. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my co-host, Christopher Tinpenny. How you doing, Chris? CJ, I'm doing great, man. Chiefs 4-0. First team to go 4-0 in four consecutive seasons. And, man, it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game. That first half was ugly. But, hey, a win Super is a win. Ugly. We're not going to plan here. Facts. Never that, bro. Like you said, a dub is a dub. I'll take them when I can get them. NFL wins are not easy to come by. So, anytime you can get a dub, like you said, even when they're ugly pretty, you take them as they come. And like we were telling people all week, me and um, me, you and Caleb were on Twitter talking. Um, a lot of people were expecting this to be a blowout from the jump. And I was telling people, you can never doubt Bill Belichick. He's just too good of a coach. His pedigree is proven. He's arguably, if not already certified as the greatest coach ever. So you can never count out a guy like that, man. So the first half, like I, like me and you said, didn't it didn't really shock me. But um, I did expect us to get a win, and we pulled it out. That's most important. Right, right, and I think a lot of that does have to come down to uh, the quarterback play. But for as bad as the Patriots' quarterback play was in this game, how about that Chiefs' defense, man? They were Willie getting Gay. after it. Well, yeah, <laughs> Willie Gay got the start. I mean, we didn't hear much of him. He made a couple plays, plugged a couple holes. But the defense as a whole, man, they were active all night. Frank Clark, the shark, man, he, he brought a different energy tonight. No, in fact, Frank was good. He had that big sack in the half to keep him from getting that field goal. That was big. But a lot of guys got taxed, man. Mike Pennell had five. Anthony Hitch had three. Warren Hill Thornhill had six with the pick. Dirty Dan had five and, and two uh, two four tackles. So every everybody got involved, bro. Literally, everybody was getting tackled. Charvarius looked good. Uh, Tyron, Taco, Finn, everybody, Damian, everybody was getting involved in the defense. So like you said, it was a it was a big night. And we knew guys were going to have to step up, especially with Chris not playing. That's a big loss for us. But overall, we knew New England was going to run, run the football. And their game plan was kind of like condensed, not as much uniquely as they usually have their run game. But overall, like you said, man, the defense played great. I was proud of those guys. Do you think Chris Jones is playing if Cam Newton's playing? Yes, sir, he is. Right. I thought that that was definitely a chess move. Like, okay, they don't have their number one weapon. We don't necessarily need all our horses. So, Right. Or even if Sonny Michelle's going, do you think that he's still out there? Do you you think it was Cam that set him out? I definitely think Cam is the X factor because, like you said, He's arguably the best, if not the best, goal line runner in football right now. <laughs> you got a six six right. guy that's two sixty. Anytime he gets third and one, fourth and short, you know what they're going to do. It's going to be either quarterback power, jet sweeper, QB sneak. So him not being in the game changed a lot. So you're like, okay, we can give Chris a week off because, like we talked about on um, on yesterday and Monday, the Chiefs have to play three games in ten days. People, we had the Patriots tonight. We have the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry at home on Sunday, and then we have to go to Buffalo next Thursday. So three games in 10 days. So I think that was definitely a chess move by Andy, trying to get the big Stone Cold guys some rest before this uh, road trip we're going to have to go on. No, and it worked out perfect because, like we kind of said, Frank Clark brought it. He had a huge sack, was just in the backfield causing havoc. Um, Taco Charlton, huge play, absolutely huge oh. play to uh, end a drive there with a strip sack on quarterback Brian Hoyer. But you know, you know who stood out the most for me on the deep. We had a lot of players step up, but you know who was the most fun for me to watch tonight? Who was that? That was Rashad Fenton, man. That dude balled Fenton. out tonight, bro, man. He, he like, gets better and better every week, bro. He gets better. 
like he he is one of the best tackling corners in the game. I don't care. Like regardless of his covers, he does not shy away from coming after and making a tackle. And I love that. You can work with that regardless of how their coverage skills are. On top of that, he he was on receivers like Blue today. I know the receiver I know the Patriots don't have an elite receiving core. I know that they didn't have elite quarterback play. But it was hard not to see how good Fenton was. And, like, the only play he really gave up was a really good throw by Stidham in the back of the end zone on a fade route. No, that's about no. all he – like, he, he was still right there. Like, I, that's huge, especially with Rashad Breeland coming back next week. To have Fenton play the way he did, like, that's just huge for the depth of the Kansas City Chiefs cornerback team. No, like you said, man, it was – overall, it was a good game. Man. They really didn't give up any big plays besides that – that perfect throw from Stid in the corner to Nikhil. So, which is almost like um, you can't really miss that play. You just throw it over the top. You're hoping the DB doesn't find a ball in time. If he gets his head around a second earlier, maybe he gets his hand on it. But overall, like you said, didn't give up any big plays. He's always aggressive, ended the game with the pick, and sealed the game on defense. So, Finn gets better and better every week. That's just another gem that Feach has found in the diamond in the rough. So, we have three legit corners now as far as – if you want to say four, if you count the young guy Sneed. So we got right. Ivy Fenton. We got Traverius came back. He looked pretty good. And we're getting Breezy back next week. And we found Sneed, who's played well for us this year. So when you can depend on three and four corners, then you have to play teams like in the AFC or even like hopefully when we get to the Super Bowl, you have to play teams with a lot of weapons as far as receiver-wise. Then you know you have confidence. You know and all your corners aren't going to get picked on. Or there's really no weak guy to go to. So Because as far as the AFC – what is really the most like receiving core you're really the most afraid of? Would it be like Buffalo? Not Baltimore doesn't have any receiver that scare me. New England doesn't. Buffalo has to find Diggs. That's about it. Like Pittsburgh with Juju and their guys, but that that would be it, honestly. Like nobody yeah. in the AFC really scares me as far as receivers. So the best receivers they would see would be in the NFC. Would be in the Super Bowl. So whatever team comes out of there. So, um, like you said, man, our DBs play great and guys get better and better every week. So I'm, I'm proud of, especially a group that we were worried about coming into the season because of the suspension, the unknowns, and the pressure of guys having to cover guys now. So, but like you said, man, the guys play great. And I know I've got to, got to give them a round of applause. I know Spags is proud of those guys as well. Tyron and Juan both getting picks. That's arguably the best safety tandem in the league. Everybody heard it here first. Me and Chris Ben said that y'all know what it is. Um, <laughs> but overall the defense look good, man. They play great. Even if it is a subpar quarterback, you still take good performances where you can get them. Dude, for sure. And here's some numbers for you. With this win, the holding the Patriots to 10 points, the Chiefs are now the second Best defense in the league on points per game. They're letting out 17.5 points per game. Only the Colts are doing it better. They're third in the league in yards passing per game, 195. Only the Colts and the 49ers are better. Now, we'll kind of ignore that they're 27th against the run, and a lot of that has to do with game plan, and a lot of it has to do with our linebacking core. But points per game and passing yards are key in the NFL right now. When you're in top three in both those categories, man, this defense is playing lights out. No, that's the most important thing. It's like we have a bend don't break defense. We're not necessarily going to hold teams under 20 every single week. That's not necessarily realistic. Even though our defense has done a great job of doing that so far, but that's not a realistic number to say, hey, they're not going to score past 20 every week because we're going to see some good offenses coming up very soon. So, um, But overall, if you can, like you say, keep teams under 300 yards passing every week and don't let them go crazy in the air, if you give up yards in between those 20s, you can bend but don't break. And once they get in the red zone, we tighten up. So and the Patriots had, I think, a couple of us at like three possessions in a row. They were in the red zone, and we didn't give up that one point. So, um, if our defense plays like that, 
and you yeah, you give up yards in the middle. If Chris Jones was there, like you said, it would have been a little different. Our linebacking core plays better. That's a little different. And those things will get better. They'll improve when Willie Gay gets more involved in the defense and gets more playing time. He's too much of an athlete to not let those plays just go by him as well. So, um, I, like, like you said, man, I th- I th- our defense is going to get better and better every single week. And as far as the numbers go, it shows we're getting better compared to where we were two years ago. We were 31st in the league in defense. And now we're right. now now we're a top 15 defense, which is what we all wanted the past two years. So you can't complain about those numbers. So I'll take it. Pretty much a top five defense right now as far as the numbers go. Anytime you and anytime you and anytime you get a four turnovers in a game, you're going to win that regardless of again, we're trying I'm trying not to like overreact because it was Brian Hoyer and Stidman like not great quarterback play and not great offensive weapons, but you can't doubt that the defense was making plays, taking the ball away, staying strong in the red zone, um, and then the corners just seem to get better every and every week as they and they're getting healthier every week as well. Just a lot to be excited about when you watch this Chiefs defense play. No, like you said, man, guys just get better every week. Taco's making plays now; he's getting more and more comfortable. We know what Frank was was going to do. I said that before the game. Frank should have – he should have a hell of a day. But no Cam Newton back there, the first non-mobile quarterback we faced this year. You got a statue back there, essentially. I knew Frank was going to have him a couple of sacks today, so I knew he was going to ball out. Um, like we said, our DBs are getting better every week. We've seen our linebackers. The linebacker, of course, the vinyl piece for them guys to start playing elite football. And usually every team has some kind of weakness point on their on their roster spot. So it's unrealistic to think the entire right. roster would be perfect. But – that's that's the group that we're waiting on, and they have they have the guys to do it. We know that they can do it. Definitely put it together. So we're just waiting on them. But like you said, man, when you're giving up a lot of yards and not necessarily a lot of points, that's what teams want. So especially when you're in the red zone, you're making teams kick field goals and they're not getting touchdowns or they're not getting points at all. That's a defensive coordinator's dream. So we win the turnover battle four to one. We won the sack battle two to one. So and they and they kind of they killed them. The time of possession felt like they had it forever, but it really wasn't that bad towards the end of the game. I think they finished with thirty one. 31 minutes and we finished with 28. So it felt like they had the ball literally forever at points in time. Like Pat wasn't even on the field or Patrick wasn't on the field. So overall, like it was a, pretty much a pretty even game. It just came down to the, to the turnover. So, um, cause we total yards, we both had 300 plus, um, we threw the ball for 200 yards. They threw the ball for 100. They rushed the ball for 185 yards. We only rushed the ball for 94. They had 21 first downs. We had 19. We both had four penalties. The turnovers really was the, was was the major key thing. They had four turnovers, we had one. So, and I think one of those turnovers we turned to a pick six, and all the other turnovers we turned into mostly points. So, when you win a turnover battle and you usually win the time of possession battle, usually your two keys that you win in the game. So, um, that's all. That's always good. So, kudos to the defense for picking the offense up. They didn't do them any favors today for sure. They made it tough on them, but like you said, man, those those guys stayed tough for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's kind of segue into the offense and only six half six points at the half man this is not the chiefs team that we're kind of used to even though it was very similar to the chargers first half from a few weeks ago just what did you kind of make of the way the offense played tonight no the offense definitely didn't i mean and that's and that's bill belichick that's classic bill like i said he's gonna double team tight like the 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 game plan when they play the patriots never changes he maybe switch it up a little little tweaks but the base of the game plan stays the same he double teams tyreek he brackets Trav off the line and make and jams him, and he plays his one-on-one battles with D. Rob, Mikol, and Sammy, and he lives with those. Or if he and he tries to pinch his linemen so they don't get a lot of A or B gap runs from Clyde. So, and overall, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought Clyde would have had a big day on the ground, but compared to like what in the past when they did from when Jamal played him or when Kareem played him, usually they they could find some running lanes. But 
the um, Patriots D-line did really well because they didn't let Clyde really get too much. He only finished with 64 yards rushing. And he's had a couple plays where he could have broke out, but they just – a hole would open up, then it would close right back right when he gets to the line of scrimmage. So um, kudos to their D-line. They played well. But overall, yeah, our offense didn't really look good. We didn't look in sync too much. Um, third downs, we had some plays we wish we would have had back. Um, overthrew a couple guys, which doesn't really happen. I've never seen pa- Patrick even over- overthrow Tyreek. That really doesn't happen too often. Um, I think Trav finished the game with how many catches? He finished with three, which is crazy. Which is that's that's really Bill's goal is to limit him and Tyreek. He'll live with any other guys beating him. He just doesn't want Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey to beat him. And, Tra- and Tyreek had to play in the, in the red zone with a legit sweep, and Nicole had one as well. So when we got in the red zone, when it counted, we finished our plays. But overall, like you said, in the first half, we have to be better because if we play teams like that, that's how you get beat when you put your defense in a bad spot, when you keep putting them on the field and you're not giving them any points to work with. So. Um, offense definitely picked it up in the second half, but yeah, we have to come out better. And I know, I, I know they will, especially they'll be, they'll be pissed off, a little ticked off. And then when they come out on Sunday, they'll be, they'll be more focused and more locked in. Yeah. I just felt like Andy was kind of holding back a little bit, uh, especially in that first half. wasn't letting the full playbook thought that he would be able to kind of compete with Belichick with just the lackluster, you know, kind of vanilla play calling, which is never the case when you're playing Bill Belichick. And we saw that happen in the second half. Like you said, a couple sweeps, sweeps that were actually passes to Hill and Hardman for touchdowns. It just seems that Belichick's always able to throw something at Mahomes that kind of throws him off. Like he, he should have probably had at least two interceptions tonight. Fact. One for oh, sure. God. Oh my one God. for sure on the opening drive. Like, I don't know how he dropped that, especially since he had a pick six two weeks ago against Russell Wilson. Um, another one that, you know, that, then we kind of got the benefit. We not kind of. We de- the Chiefs definitely got the benefit of the call on that sack and the forward progress. Um, I think if Mahomes is able to throw that ball and complete it, the rest let it play. But because he was on the way down, they called it dead. And that's just the benefit of having the face of the NFL franchise. Patriots know that for years. The Colts have known that with Manning. Um, we we've seen it. We've seen it in the league before. So it shouldn't be a surprise that Mahomes is going to get those kinds of calls. It's not his fault. It's just at the end of the day, the NFL is a business and those are calls that we're going to get, we're going to get going, but he was just, Mahomes was just a little off. And again, it's a lot has to do with what Bill Belichick throws at him. He just decided that I'm not going to, he saw what the Ravens did last week and blitzed him and he torched him. So Bill Belichick, who has a very good linebacking and secondary decided to only blitz three give Mahomes time, but try to, but it's very, I shouldn't say easy, but it's not as hard to cover five receivers with eight guys. And we saw that definitely early on, gave Mahomes some fits and it kind of slowed down the offense. No, like you said, man, that, that's what Bill does. He knew coming into the game, we're, it's going to be hard for us to score 25 points this week. So if we're going to win this game, we're going to have to keep it under 20 or if anything, try to keep it under 24, which is like three touchdowns and a field goal. So, for them to keep the game, they're going to have to run the football, which is what they did very well. Time of possession, which they did very well. But like you said, when they got in the red zone, they didn't finish, unlike the Chiefs did. So when we got in the red zone, we killed them like we were supposed to. It didn't work that way in the first half because Bill threw some coverages at Pat at Patrick that, that kind of threw him off. It's like they'll play too high, then they'll roll a the single high. And then they'll you'll think they'll double in Tyreek some plays, then really they'll double trap, and he kind of goes back and forth with that. So like you said, he he kept he kept Patrick off, off his rocker and going to try to keep confuse him a little bit. And I know him. I know one time, one time he actually went on that third down, the second quarter, he went to the sideline and looked at EB and, and Andy, and he was telling them like, "There's a cover that they're doing that we we should be killing this, and they're not doing it." So, because usually anytime they go trips, they try the middle, the safety closest to Tyreek is the one that doubles him, whatever the DB over his um, inside shoulder, and then they'll double um, or their bracket trap with the backer, and then that D lineman, whoever or the linebacker who jams them off the line, 
And then whoever, when they swing out Clyde to the backfield, usually on, on Trav's side, that DN usually just runs with them. And like you said, they're, covered, they're rushing three, dropping eight. So it's easier to cover the guys, make Pat have to make a decision because Pat doesn't want to run, but if they have to, I'm cool with – I mean, not to be disrespectful, but Patrick is the slowest person on the offense. So I'd rather him run the football down the field than Tyreek, Trav, like D-Rob or Mecole or Clyde, any of those guys. So if he can run the ball for five or six yards, Bill will take that as a win compared to giving up 10, 12 yards a pop and giving up first down. So um, And maybe to some of those plays could turn into sacks. I know they got a sack on us early, uh, which I know Pat tried to get rid of the ball, but he didn't. But overall – um, it, it, overall, it was a, a, if I had to give the offense a grade, I would give them like a, if we're being honest, like a C plus at, at best, like go. a B minus, but I'd give them like a C plus. They, cause they finished the game at the end, but overall we can't be having a whole half of when we only scoring six points. Cause when you play elite football teams with good quarterbacks, if a defense has a game like that, it's going to be hard to come back from, even though we are capable of doing it. But the reoccurring theme is we don't want to make this a habit of having to always climb out of the hole. We want to start games fast and then finish games strong. Just like the saying is you want to play a four quarter game. So, and I'm sure the guys are working hard towards doing that for sure. You gave him the, you're playing the Bill Belichick defense curve on that. Because if you take that out, like, I, I think it was a C minus C. Like, again, Pat yeah. should have had a couple picks. Facts. We couldn't run the, we couldn't run the ball. I mean, Clyde had a couple good runs because he is a good running back, but we could not, the offensive line could not get any push. Um, and the offense only scored 19 points. And in this day and age, especially look at all the scoring we saw yesterday. Look at all the scoring the Chiefs have done. Like, Offense only scored 19 points, only six points at the half. I think that's a C minus C best rating. Now, again, I told, I said that you got the, you gave him the Bill Belichick defense curve because that's always tough. But still, I, I just wasn't very impressed with the offense. I understand why it may not have been as impressive, but um, you know, again, like we've kind of been saying this whole time, a win's a win. Doesn't matter how ugly it is, four and zero. Exactly, man. Like you said, first team to go 4-0 four, four years in a row, so which is an amazing stat. I never would have thought that. If you would have gave me three teams to pick for that for that stat, I never would have picked the Chiefs. I would have thought you would have said the Colts for all those years. They were good. Oh, yeah. The Patriots been good for like 20 years as well. Or if you would even went back to like the Steelers or, or the Cowboys when they dominated, I never would have thought that the Chiefs would be the first team ever to go 4-0 for four years in a row. Four years isn't really a lot. So the fact that we did that is crazy. It's a crazy stat. I'm proud of it. So go along with the other stats we've had at the beginning of the season for sure. But um, no, that, that was definitely a great accomplishment tonight for sure. But um, I guess we can segue into next week, man. We got the Las Vegas Raiders there coming to town. What do you think about this matchup, Chris? Hey, they're coming off two losses. They played two good teams. They lost to the Patriots and the Bills. Do have wins against the Panthers and Saints. And I mean, they're the Raiders. They're they may be a little better this year. Remember last year they were six and four. 10 games in the season were tied with the Chiefs at the top and they fell off. This year, they won a couple games early and then they've lost two straight to two playoff teams. Like, they're not a bad team. They're not the worst team in the league. They can beat anybody on the any given Sunday, but they're they're the Raiders, man. New new city, same team. No, facts. I mean, like you said, I mean, Derek Carr's had some moments. He's had visions of looking like a great quarterback but then he's also had a lot of plays where like this bills game they had their last four drives to end the game they ended in um, a strip sack by Derek carr a fumble by darren waller a fourth down turnover on downs and then a three and out punt so when it when it was time for them to go down the field and score yes they were missing some linemen and yes they're going against the bills defense which is one of the better defenses in the league when it was time to go down there and score Derek carr usually didn't do it which is the mo on him when it's time to show up he plays good in certain moments when he's playing mediocre teams or teams that he's usually better at. But when it's time to show up versus the elite teams, he didn't really do it. So took a sack, 
try to throw the ball away, didn't get rid of it in time. So overall, they played some they played some decent teams and they've played some really good teams. So um, I'm, like we said, that's a definitely um, not necessarily a bounce back game for the Chiefs, but it's a game where I expect the offense to come out very, very crisp and very on point in that in that first half on Sunday for sure. I think the guys are going to be locked in and try to get back and back on key for sure. You know who scares me the most, and it's not even – it's actually not Josh Jacobs, which who, who, who maybe it should be because the Chiefs cannot stop the run, and he's a very talented – I know uh, who you're going to play. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Waller, man. Darren I mean, Waller. He's who, good, bro. He's good, bro. I mean, unless you just say, Tyron, you've got you've got Waller for the game. Unless the Chiefs – unless Spagnuolo says that, which is normally not the case. I mean, Tyron will probably be on him a few times, but he normally he's not one to designate a player on – player on player matchup so there's going to be times to where it's going to be the slot corner it's going to be hitchens or wilson it's going to be bending like there's going to be matchup issues and if Carr is able to take advantage of that waller is maybe the fast johnny smith in tennessee and darren waller are the two fastest tight ends in the league and so you give him space he's going to take off and Again, I love Tyron. He's not the greatest open field tackler on a big body receiver like that. If if Waller gets going, he can gash the Chiefs for some big plays if they're not careful. No, you're right, you're right, bro. I mean, anybody who's been watching football the past two years and not even like football related, Darren Waller's story is amazing, bro. Like to see where he's come yeah. from and all he's had to overcome, man. Shout out to him, man, because he wasn't even thinking about football two, three years ago. And to see where he's at now to go from not being on a roster to now being a top five tight end in the NFL. And whatever money he gets, he definitely earned, man. So kudos to that young man. But like you said, man, he he's a beast, bro. He, he's almost it's almost like looking at <clears throat> like like looking at guys like Jermichael Finley or, or Jimmy Graham all over again because he's a, he's a beast, man. He can he's six four, I think he's six five. He can run, can make really any catch he wants. He runs good routes. He blocks too. Um, doesn't really get tired. Doesn't really leave the field too much neither. So I don't really see Spags designating Tyron to him either. He didn't really, he hasn't really done that before, but this is also the best tight end we probably have seen this year. So um, I definitely expect the guys to switch it up. They'll probably be Tyron on them at times. Juan, they'll probably switch it up with like Hitch or Damian trying to switch up a little bit. The ultimate respect he does get, I saw Tredavious White from the Bills, one of the top five corners in the league covering um, Darren Waller on a couple of those drives. So that shows you what kind of respect guys have for him. So um, Josh Jacobs is obviously going to be the force and the focal point of that, of that rushing attack. He's going to get it going. Um, Groove's going to try to get him going nice and early because he didn't really have the best game with Buffalo either, which Buffalo has, really has a tough run defense, and they know we're not that good against the run. So I expect them to get Josh Jacobs going early. Um, the, um, the verdict's still out. I don't know if Henry Ruggs is going to play. So I know he didn't play the last week, so I know they're going to try to get him back next week because he's their deep threat for sure. Because as far as weapons they really have, is just Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and then they have Hunter Renfro. Uh, I know they're trying to get Brian, uh, Brian Edwards, one of their rookie receivers, back as well. But, yeah, we're going to keep an eye out, keep an ear open to see if um, Henry Ruggs plays this week because he definitely is a burner. He's their deep throw. He's very, very, very fast. He's definitely like looking at Tyreek in the mirror. He's not the route running in the whole complete package, but as far as the speed, it's like looking at his twin. So um, that's definitely going to be a fun game for sure. But their defense is definitely going to get um, carved up by us. They've been giving up points left and right. So that's that's another point why I expect our, our offense to come out and get firing early for sure on Sunday. Right, and the thing that, yeah, the, the defense for the Raiders is beat up a little bit. Um, Abram's going to be questionable. Arnett, he didn't play last week. Um, so, and then you already talked about Ruggs on the offensive side. Like, they've, they've got some definite um, injury concerns. I think even Littleton um, got banged up, who they just got from the Rams. So, they're, if, they're, if the Raiders aren't at full strength, I don't really see any way how 
they can compete with the Chiefs, especially when um, the Chiefs' offense is probably going to – we saw what they did. We saw when they had a slow week against the Chargers, what they did against the Raiders uh, – or excuse me, the Ravens the next week on offense. And they had a slow week against the Patriots, so I expect to Andy Reid to pull out all stops. Uh, he's not concerned about the Bills, you know, scouting them for Thursday night because that's such a short week. I mean – you know, you know what I mean. That, that didn't sound quite quite as. Accurate. No, 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 you're good, you're good, buddy. No, it's, a, it, it's such a short week that Ant, that Andy Reid can throw the playbook at the Raiders and not, you know, fear that the Bills are going to have a ton of time to look over those plays. So I expect the Raiders to, I expect the Chiefs to come full out, hit the Raiders hard, and uh, have a big win on Sunday. No, me too, buddy. I, I don't really expect too much too much backfire from Gruden. He's probably too worried about trying to get his guys right right now, but. Overall, I think the only thing that may be a little tidbit for people to pay attention to is as far as the COVID rules, the Tennessee Titans have to have three days in a row of um, negative tests from the entire um, building and everyone in that on that team, including staff members, for them to be able to play Sunday. So if it was the case where they had someone, even if it's a practice squad member, a coach or anything, have um, a positive test this week, that would probably hinder their chances of playing on Sunday versus the Bills, which means the Bills would have a whole week and a half off to get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs at home Thursday night on Fox. So that's definitely a thing to pay attention to. Um, I would still pick us to win the game either way, but that's definitely probably going to be one of the toughest games of our season, having to go to Buffalo, short week, two days to get ready, then you got to fly up there. So, And a team that had a whole week and a half off, and they're just watching all your film, getting way more time to get ready. And the Bills have a good defense as well. So uh, that's another defense that we have to try to overcome. But definitely will be a um, – a fun matchup for sure. But for now, we're focused on the Las Vegas Raiders coming to town. And I know, like you said, Andy's going to come out fire. I know him and EB are going to get in the lab, uh, fix the mistakes, critique themselves, all as they always do, try to come back and then come out fire. And I expect a big game probably from Tyreek and Clyde next week. I think both of those guys are going to get involved, probably with some good run game and some good play action to uh, Tyreek down the field. So being that the Raiders don't have that many good DBs and they don't really stop the run very well. So I, I expect a big game from the offense, like you said. So. But um, in other news, what were some games around the NFL? Whoa, 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 whoa. You jumping the gun. You jump. We got score predictions, man. You oh, we got score predictions. Oh, we doing that already? Oh, oh damn. Man. Oh, it's nothing. This, this is a weekly one. We're, we don't get to the end until we get the score predictions. No, no, no. Man. Go ahead. Go. Okay, what you got? What you got? What you, what you got with the, with the, with the Raiders? I'm just playing. No, no. What you got? What you got, bro? I, I do think the Raiders' offense is going to be able to move the ball a little bit, and because it is a divisional opponent, I think it might be a little closer than people think. Um, I'm going to go 34-24 Chiefs, you know, maybe get a field goal or touchdown late to make it a, a 10-point game. But other than that, it's pretty much a one-possession game the whole way. 34-24. Hmm. They don't have all their weapons. How many points did they score? They did put a 28 last week. I will go 34-21. to 21. Okay. Okay, so we're on the same path, and right. I think that's pretty evident in the way we were talking about about the Raiders. So, yeah, they they can score about three touchdowns. I mean, Darren Waller may get one, Josh Jacobs may get a couple, so or somebody else may get one. But and now, if Henry Ruggs plays, that may change things. That's my prediction right. without Henry Ruggs. If Henry Ruggs plays, my prediction may be adjusted. So look out for that. <laughs> right, and the Chiefs have been very good at covering receivers, though, and the fact that the Raiders' weapons are running back and tight end does think they're going to put up a little bit more points than some of the other teams. Exactly. So, but uh, overall, it should be a good game. Anytime the Raiders come in town, you know, always, always little people always start talking trash. So, it's, it's, always, it's always from the Raiders come in town. So, all right, now, now proceed. Carry on. What were you saying? All righty, people. Any games around the season 
this week that interests you, Chris? Any any crazy moments? I know we've had a lot of news come in tonight, so I know I got a lot of stuff to say. But anything around the league that that shocked you? Anything disappointments, predictions, things you were right on, wrong on? There there were a few games that were exciting. And one game that uh, was just fun to watch was Browns Cowboys. Man, that was, that was just a, a light show. Like. Right. Uh, if you have Odell Beckham on your fantasy team, like congratulations because that man balled out and showed you why one of the top athletes in the league. Uh, you got to feel bad for Dak. Um, I still, I, I'm a little hesitant. I know he's been throwing for over 400 yards in like three straight games or whatnot. Some of that, it's it's the 2018 Mahomes effect. You know, Mahomes had to throw all those yards and touchdowns because the defense was so damn bad, and he would win those games. Matt. Dak in 2020 has to throw for all these yards because his defense is terrible, but they're losing those games. And I, I haven't figured out if it's if it's all Dak putting up those numbers or if it's just kind of the nature of the way that the Cowboys have, have to play their games at this point. No, we, we I mean, coming to the season, Dak threw for um, almost 5,000 yards last year. So we know he can get the ball up and down the field, but it was kind of like a trending story. Um, towards the end of the season last year that their defense really wasn't that good. So coming into the year, we thought they were going to be better because they had guys like Leif Vanderers coming back, Jalen Smith coming back. They lost a lot of DBs, but they gained guys like Gerald McCoy, who's out for the year. They uh, D-Law was back, and they signed Everson Griffins. You were thinking, man, they're going to have a really good defense. They signed Alden Smith, shout out to Kansas City. They were going to bring a lot of guys back. So and thinking their defensive line was going to be very good. So I thought they were going to have a really good pass rush, which would cover up for their secondary but guys getting hurt, guys aren't playing that well, and they're giving up yards left and right, man. Their secondary is terrible. They gave up almost 50, basically 50 points to the Cleveland Browns, bro. When the last time we heard the Cleveland Browns put up 50 on anybody, that's usually them getting them getting 50 put on them. So the fact that they, they got 50 put on by the Browns, yeah, they're going to have a – bro, oh, my God. Shannon Sharp had a field day with the, with the Cowboys when he talked about them on Undisputed. It was so funny. But, um, yeah. but no, nah, man, like you said, man, their, their defense is atrocious, man. So Dak has to throw for 450 yards, four games in a row for them to even have a chance, and yet they're still one and three. And let's be honest, if the Falcons jump on that ball, they're 0 and 4. If we're, yeah. if we're really being honest, they really wouldn't have a win right now. And we'd be talking about Mike McCarthy losing his job. Hell, they're already talking about it right now. <laughs> so um, I would say my biggest takeaway from the weekend is that Bill O'Brien – Prayers were answered. I'm not even from Houston. Bill O'Brien finally fired. Peace out. He's out of there. About time. Took way too long and way overdue. And I'm not even talking about the 24-0 lead debacle. I'm not even talking about the DeAndre Hawkins trade. I'm not talking about you trading away Jadavion Clowney away. I'm not talking about you giving all these money away and getting players like Kenny Stills and Larry Tunsil. There's been plenty of other decisions that have been very questioned on top of the ones that I just mentioned in Houston. So, um, that's a, a job vacancy, which I expect a plenty of other ones to be open. The Falcons are getting their booty spanked right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Quinn is on the hot seat by the end of the week. I know everyone's calling for a Gase's job in New York for the Jets. They want him out of there as well. There will be a lot Wait, of open. He... Go I'm ahead, sorry, Drake. Job. Did you hear the most ridiculous thing? Apparently one of the Texans' top interests and coaches is Adam Gase if he gets fired from the Jets. Shut that's up. a real tweet. Shut up. That is that's not a, a tweet. That's, that's a real thing. Like, Whoever tweeted that, you you're fired. That is the, the dumbest decision you would ever make in your life. The text one of the Texans' top plans is to replace their fired coach with a formerly twice fired coach. If Gates were to get fired from the Jets, if they allow Adam Gates to walk in that building for anything, 
It could be COVID. I don't care. The world could be on fire. If they let Adam Gase come in that building, uh, whoever the owner is, I, I forgot the owner's name of the Houston Texans guy is drawn up. I see his face right now, but I forgot it. You need to sell the team right now if you let him walk in that building. Do not do that. That's the last person that deserves that job. We all know who's deserving of that job. Everybody knows it's a no-brainer. E-B. E-B. He's on our sideline, Eric Bieniemy. He's been more than deserving of a head coaching job. He's had the top offense the past two years. He's had an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP quarterback the past two years. He's done everything the right way. He's paid his dues. Former running back, former coordinator, now arguably if not the best offensive coordinator in the league. I know everybody likes to get in this argument, but we know who's been calling the plays for the Chiefs. I know everyone likes to think of Andy Reid, but E.B. is the one on the sideline with, with, with the play call sheet. He's the one getting into the guys when they get in the huddle on the sideline, yelling at Pat, yelling at the running backs, getting on the receivers. So he's the one leading the charge. And Andy's told people that, and yet he still doesn't have a job. So I definitely expect Eric Bieniemy to get a, to get a phone call from Houston. I can't wait for him to get his interview, but I really hope he gets that job. He's more than deserving, man. He's not, not only a great coach, but a better person. We say this almost every week, man. He, he's a guy that deserves that job. I want to see him go there because I want to see him succeed. So especially how hard it is just for black coaches in general to get opportunities in the NFL and get a fair opportunity. So I, def, I definitely think EB's more than deserving that opportunity. So I hope, I hope he gets that job for sure. It would just be fun to see what he does with Deshaun Watson because the talent's clear. Like, I don't know. As good as Mahomes is getting out of the pocket, as good as Russell Wilson and and uh, even Prime, Prime Brady wasn't fast, but he could you know he could feel the rush. I don't know if anybody in the NFL feels the rush as well as Deshaun Watson does. And he gets out of there. A, you give him a competent play caller and and some and some uh, give him. He, it's not that he has a lack of weapons, but just a you know, just an overall competent offensive, decent offensive line and. Uh, It'll, it'll be fun to watch the Mahomes, the Mahomes Watson battles from, especially with the EB Andy Reid story. If that were to happen, no facts. I mean, it would be nice for Deshaun to have a receiver that has a thousand yards every single year that was regarded as a top five receiver. I wonder what it'd be like to have one of those guys. Oh wait, he did have one, but Bill O'Brien <laughs> traded him away like a freaking dummy. No disrespect to David Johnson. David Johnson, the NFL back, he's very good, but I am not giving up DeAndre Hopkins for uh, aging David Johnson in a second round pick. That's probably one of the worst trades in NFL history I've ever seen in my life. And DeAndre Hopkins is in his prime with no injury, so I really don't get that trade. But like you said, man, I really hope EB gets down there. The storyline between him and Andy would be crazy to see them go back and forth. That would be the only chance of them actually becoming a rivalry between Mahomes and Watson if uh, they brought BNB down there to coach Deshaun to get that team right. Obviously, they don't have any picks next year because – Bill shitted those down the toilet as well. So all their money's almost gone too. So it's a t- it would be a very, very tough situation. But I know there's no guy I would rather have go down there and turn that organization around than Eric Bieniemy, man. Like I said, great coach, even better person, leader of men. He's a guy that's going to do everything by the book, does stuff the right way, works hard. He busts his butt to get where he's at, man. So I'm I'm promoting him to go down there to Houston. I would be more than happy. And I see a lot of fans, Chris, being saying they don't want him to go down there. And I like to just remind people, we want the best for our coaches. We don't always want them to just go to terrible situations. We want our coaches to be successful. Yes, we want them. Yes, we still want to win games here as Chiefs fans. But at the end of the day, it's about developing and putting your guys in the best position to succeed and then letting them compete and see what they learn from Andy. So at the end of the day, we want our guys to go to good situations, just like we did with Doug P left, just like we did when Nagy left. We want guys to go to good situations and have a good chance to win. So Doug Peterson ended up winning a Super Bowl with Philly. And uh, Matt Nagy's has good um, playoff runs, but obviously he's had a quarterback carousel his, his own self. But you want to put your guys in the best position to succeed, not necessarily go to the worst team. 
because you want to see your guys go out there and have their best chance to win. So especially especially for guys like the enemy who's been way overdue, play, plenty of chances in teams that have passed him up, which I don't know what more he has to do than what he's done with Andy the past three or four years. So, Yes, sir, for real. Hopefully Eric Bianami definitely gets a chance. But but you know what? You, you know what, CJ? What's up, buddy? Chiefs are 4-0, baby. 4-0, baby. Hey, I'll take it, baby. 4-0, undefeated. Undefeated. That old call look real nice. Looking to make it 5-0. and That'll be the third time in four years that the Chiefs have gone 5-0 and if they're able to pull it off. And uh, we will be with you again next week to talk about that against the Raiders. Raiders. That is going to do it for us this week. Hey, hey, hey. You, hey, bro, you forgot the most important part of the show. Tell the good people what they need. Hey, y'all people know what y'all got to do, man. ShopEarlHeadLive.com. Y'all know what y'all got to do. Go get the merch. We got hoodies. We got crewnecks. We got sweatshirts, T-shirts, and beach we trust. Run it back. Frank Clark shirts. We got all that, baby. We got baby Mahomes shirts on the way. We got all that. Yes, sir. And CJ, when when you're not talking about the merch, where can the good people uh, follow you and get your opinions? You guys can follow me on Twitter at CJEEZY81. That's CGZ81. I'm always breaking down film, talking ball. If you ever got any questions, ideas, suggestions, calls, anybody that has anything to talk to me and Chris about in the aftermath or even just football period, I'm always open, people. Hit me up. And you can follow me at 10penny88. Um, or please go follow our new Twitter account for this podcast, the Aftermath Podcast from Arrowhead Live. It is at Aftermath underscore KC. Um, that's where we will be tweeting out our opinions and shows each week. So if you want to stay up on to date on all of our things, and we'll probably share some merch stuff as well, exactly. please go follow us there. All, all right, righty, people. Everybody be blessed. Be safe. Monday night, 4-0. There's nothing better than a victory Tuesday, but I'll take it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. He's CJ Jones. I'm Christopher Tenfinney, and we will talk to you next time. Cheers. To the Chiefs Kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!